Welcome to the Fireman Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. And in this episode today, we will be talking about CCW Safe. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is brought to you by our friends at the FTA, Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to the, their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10. I've switched my insurance over to the FTA and recently needed a new certificate of insurance for a new range I was teaching out. They made it simple and quick to add the range to my policy. It's one of the benefits of being a member of the FTA. This episode is also brought to you by Barrel Block. Listen, if you are tuning into this podcast, I assume you've heard of Barrel Block. It's the industry standard for safe, dry fire practice and classroom demos with a real firearm. Barrel Block prevents negligent discharges and eliminates training scars. I love using Barrel Block with students because it's safe and puts everyone at ease. When installed, and remember, no tools or disassembly required to use it, everyone in the room or on the firing line can see that the firearm is safe and inert. Plus, given the price, I can't imagine a firearm instructor who wouldn't have one in their classroom gear and one at home for personal dry fire use. Pick yours up today and enjoy a special offer for listeners of this podcast at blocksafety.com and use code instructor20 for a 20% off discount. That's B-L-O-K safety.com. Today we'll be talking about CCW safe with Gary Eastridge. Gary is a 30 plus year law enforcement officer with 22 years at the Oklahoma City Police, 11 years as a homicide investigator. He's been a firearm instructor since 1987 and runs a critical response for CCW safe and their affiliate program and he takes care of the accounts for the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Welcome, Gary. How are things going today for you? Hey, thanks, Rob. Everything's good here. Good. That's that's good Good to hear. In Ohio here, we're finally seeing some dry weather. We're not having one rain belt after another hitting us, which is uh, really nice. There's only one problem. We're hitting into the 90s today here, and the grass is growing like crazy, waiting for the ground to dry up so the grass goes dormant for a little while, getting tired of cutting all that grass. Same thing here. Well, hey, one of the reasons I want to have you on today is as instructors, we're out there, we're in front of students all the time. We have a lot of influence over our students about what gear they buy, what, what gun they purchase. But I think one thing that's really important is for us to go along and know what is available when it comes to self-defense protection. If somebody has to defend themselves, what what's out there to help our students defend themselves because we all know we all hear cases in the news where people spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to defend themselves against a good shooting but they end up going along and literally going broke by uh, professing they're innocent and i think that's where ccw say if they have their affiliate program which helps our students but also gives gives us as an instructor a valuable program that we can offer to them uh, at, at a good price. Can you go over what the program is about for our instructors a little bit? Sure. We, uh, we at CCW Safe don't use a traditional marketing model. We don't do email uh, marketing. Uh, we don't flood your inbox or anything like that. What we do is we use a network of affiliates uh, spread across the country. Uh, um, concealedcarry.com, Jacob, uh, and you guys there have been 
uh, a loyal uh, affiliate for, for several years now. Um, what we do is we structure up a loose agreement uh, and we pay 10% uh, that that rate can be adjusted depending on performance. Uh, we pay that 10% referral commission on new enrollments and we also pay it uh, again on uh, renewals. So uh, if you sign up uh, one of your students and he joins and then the next year he renews with CCW Safe, you get that 10% again. So there's benefit to us going along and making sure our students sign up to this and being affiliated with CCW Safe. That's uh, absolutely. Good. We we encourage uh, everyone to to compare with all the competitors, find what's best for you. I, I believe most people that set and actually compare will find that our product is as good as it gets. Uh, but it, it, it allows the firearms instructor to uh, potentially earn a little bit of extra income. You know, it's, it's a tough period of time to be a firearms instructor, in my opinion, because there are so many people out here uh, who have picked that as their profession. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of instructors then. Uh talk about constitu constitutional carry and how that impacts instructors. Uh, Absolutely. you know, I can remember 15 years ago, classes have 20 people in it and a concealed carry class was a couple hundred bucks. Now yeah. everybody's under a hundred bucks and you're happy if you can get four or five students in a class at a time. So a little bit extra, you know, for recommending the product and, you know, I think it helps out, uh, you know, pays for that range ammo pay, yeah. pays for those little things, uh, you know, the targets, that you know might go through a few extra at a time. Yeah, and on top of that, we as CCW Safe, we we use a newsletter system to keep our our members uh, informed of you know case studies and training tips and carry tips and all of those things. Uh, our affiliates are are free to use in their in their blocks of instruction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think one of the things that strikes me as a real differentiator for CCW Safe is your heavy emphasis on continuing education. Whether that would be reading the newsletter or taking an additional class, you really want people to know and understand the the ever changing laws that we all live under. An educated carrier is a lower risk to our to our business model. There's less chance we will have to pay out to defend if uh, the carrier has uh, taken the time to, to continue their education. That's, that's my only complaint with, with uh, constitutional carry uh, is there is no requirement for any kind of training. Um, legal training as law enforcement officer, I had to get at least 27 hours of of uh, continuing education every year. Doctors have to do it. Attorneys have to do it. A lot of prof professional fields require continuing education and constitutional carry can, uh, requires no education or training. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's not required to be in class, but one of the things I always point out to anybody who like, likes constitutional carry is in the 15 years that we've had, concealed carry in Ohio, things have gone and changed quite a bit. 
yes, he still had that piece of plastic, but in 2004 till 2007, I think we had what they, you, any gun in the car had, had to be in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough one because what do you do in the winter time when you are, uh, got heavy coats on or what happens if somebody's on the left side or right side that went away. That's great. We're all happy about it. But every couple of years, it's very easy to go along marking the calendar to say, well, at this point, this was legal and now it's illegal when you go along and change and look back. And if you're not aware of that and you're doing something improper, uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Yes. And, and it's constantly evolving. So if you choose not to seek professional training and guidance, it's incumbent on you to, to self-educate. And unfortunately, a lot of people aren't willing to do that. They read something on a forum or they read something on social media and they say, well, I can do this because I saw it on water on Facebook or I don't necessarily understand the, the context it was in or what state you're allowed doing that. And you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, that's absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things that we struggle with at CCW site. Uh, we've got members in all 50 states plus the district of Columbia. So when, uh, when we get the inquiries of, well, can I do this? Well, it depends on where you're at. I, I actually refer an awful lot of people to concealcarry.com to their, to their mobile app. Say, hey, download this. Uh, this is a guideline. But keep in mind, it's incumbent on you to know what the laws, the rules are in whatever location you are in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy looking at New York State with their SAFE Act, where you're not allowed having more than seven rounds in a magazine. But then you go down to Maryland, which is, you know, not that far away, you know, a bordering state to New York to where you cannot possess a magazine that can hold more than 10 rounds. Yeah. I mean, that one says just don't load more. And the other one goes along and says you cannot. And you move down to New Jersey and it's a felony to be in possession of a magazine that can hold more than 10 rounds. And all of a sudden you go along and realize it's like, yeah, I could be in one state, drive a couple miles to go to dinner, then hit the expressway and travel through another one. And all of a sudden be looking at felonies and each one of them. So I didn't realize that ain't going to cut it with the uh, judge. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you guys cover constitutional carry? Uh, We have a constitutional carry plan. It's, it's uh, a plan that does not require permit. It is more expensive and it is, it has more restriction. It is only, uh, it only covers you in your resident state. Uh, I personally recommend when asked uh, if you're carrying on constitutional carry, that's great. I I recommend to get one of the many non-resident permits that are available. Uh, Really pretty easy and, and, and not terribly expensive. Uh, that that then make you eligible for one of our permit plans. And once you have that, they're, they're cheaper and they cover you uh, anywhere legal in the U.S. to co- carry under that permit and then anywhere in the U.S. with a legal weapon of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the, the lesson from that is making sure that, A, having that little piece of paper to demonstrate that you've had the background check for getting your concealed carry that you've gone through a class that you are 
you're one step above what maybe the average citizen would be that's doing constitutional carry. You still have the ability to go along carry concealed, obviously, yeah. but you've got coverage outside your home state and you've got lower rates. Um, okay. uh, to me, I don't see a downside to having a permit when they're so readily available. I've, I carry under LEOSA, under the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act. I also have an Oklahoma State resident handgun permit. Our mm-hmm. SDA Self-Defense Act permit. Do I need it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But uh, it didn't hurt anything and didn't cost that much, so I did it. Well, it's it's one of those things where we do a lot of things in our life to make things a little bit more convenient, a little less hassle. Um, I know specifically in, in Ohio that we as concealed carry holders are able to go along and lock our firearms up in our car if we're in a school zone (laughs) but in ohio they don't recognize the loosa license as a ccw so my recommendation to any retired law enforcement is make sure you always get your ohio concealed carry which in a lot of cases you get uh, they're issued free so there really there is no cost to it and legally speaking you're not at the whim of the different jurisdictions that you might cross of whether or not they're going to charge you as a retired law enforcement officer, because you don't have your concealed carry license. It's just yeah. one of those things. Make your life simpler all the way around. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely correct. Especially when we're, t- you're talking in most cases for an expense of under a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Now you brought up Leosa. Uh, does CCW safe have a Leosa program? We consider Leosa to be a permit. Okay. Leosa, you know, there's a, there's a, a bill before, I believe it's before Congress now to it's the Leosa reform act of 2019. It's supposed to close a lot of those state loopholes. Uh, you know, the congressional intent when Leosa was passed in 2004 was this is a national and not a permit, but authority to carry a firearm. If you meet certain conditions, uh, there was, uh, there was some, as frequently occurs in law, there was some ambiguity, uh, and, uh, certain states such as, uh, New Jersey, Hawaii, this first I've heard about Ohio that, uh, they don't recognize it in some say situation in, in theory, if you are Leosa eligible or some people call it HR 218, we even have our plan titled the HR 218. HR 218 is just the house resolution that resulted in the passage of the law enforcement officer safety act. But congressional intent was to give those eligible law enforcement officers, uh, the ability to carry nationwide. I believe it's uh, it was a matter of self protection and also as a force multiplier. Oh yeah, uh, it's right after nine eleven, and absolutely. we realized you know just you know if there was any mass you know attack again, we you want to be able to mobilize the force and be able to go along and show somebody that hey you know I've got a Leosa permit, different things like that allows you know the other law enforcement in the area to immediately know that hey they've got a certain level of training they've you know, retired from the law enforcement. So they're a little, little better than just, you know, Joe Blow who shows up with his uh, hunting shotgun and says, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll help you guys out. The old days of the posse. Now you've got guys who as, as a, a condition of Leosa, you must qualify every 12 months to the standards of your agency. Uh, 
So, you know, at least that way we know if that guy shows up, he has performed, uh, he showed, he, he has shown his ability to, uh, to operate his firearm, uh, to the standards of his. And yeah, they've got state. some qualification, um, you know, from a concealed carry perspective, I know I shoot frequently, but I haven't quote unquote qualified since I was originally issued my permit 15 years ago. Yeah. So, and, and most states are that way. They don't require an annual, any kind of continuing education or any kind of, uh, of qualification. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see where CCW is safe. Uh, you know, that's a big thing because if you can do something to reduce claims against you, you know, reduce uh, member incidents, uh, you know, that that's better for everybody all along because I don't care how right I might be in having to defend myself. If I've got to go along, go broke in the process. Um, I'm going to be questioning myself whether or not that's uh, worth it. Well, I think what some people fail to grasp is that a bad decision can have a ripple effect nationwide. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we were discussing earlier, you look at the ban on bump stocks, the proposed ban on suppressors by uh, uh, the uh, congressman out of uh, uh, New Jersey. Uh, there's a perception and then there's reality. So you can make a mistake as a concealed carrier carrying under the constitutional authority of your home state that could have a ripple effect nationwide. We all need to be conscientious, um, striving to improve our skill set. That doesn't mean shooting better. that's one aspect of it, but it means that decision-making process, understanding what is a legal uh, threat. Um, So education is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would even add to it. Students I talk to is when it comes to medical training. I mean, let's, let's go through the whole cycle that if you're walking down the street, you've got to be able to identify the threat. You need to know where you are legally. You got to know what you can do with your firearm. And let's put it this way. People that use knives and guns are going to get hurt. Yeah. So you make sure you go along and you've got some way of, you know, packing a wound, tourniquet, having the knowledge to be able to do it properly. Because there again, if you're 100% right, you know, it's a legal justified uh, self-defense, but you die out on the street there that's not a real good situation either. And that's where, you know, as I go th- through and tell people a self-defense situation is not 10 seconds. You might use your gun for 10 seconds, but that could end up being a year two, three years worth of legal actions, depending upon what decisions you make made within those 10 seconds. And that's really important for people to understand and wrap their head around because truthfully, as a citizen, my first job and only job is to make it home to my family. And, you know, those are the things where people need to wrap their head around that if they start trying to be John Wayne or, you know, being the, uh, you know, deadly do, do right and going out and trying to stop crime that they may, uh, end up on a short stick of that and, uh, you know, not make it home to see their family. Absolutely. Medical training, I believe is one of the most overlooked, uh, aspects of being a concealed carrier. First of all, it's not, uh, it's not specific to being a concealed carrier, the likelihood of you having to perform first aid or 
bandage someone up, uh, stop bleeding in the everyday world we exist in is far greater than the chances of you ever using your firearm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drive uh, automobile accidents, industrial accidents, um, just everyday uh, situations. Um, and, and to touch on your point as far as that, that moment of time of using your weapon, in most cases, it's, it's sub 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. What you do may be one to two seconds of your lifetime that will occupy the next several years uh, of your life. I was an officer. I I did 22 with Oklahoma city, another 10 with the district attorney's office. I used my weapon one time in that 32 years. Mm -hmm. I performed medical minor medical first aid um, incident on, on incidents uh, many times. Yep. My background being, uh, working with the boy scouts and everything. I know I forgot countless times that somebody's cut themselves on campouts, burned themselves. Even when I was working in the office building, there were people that would go along. I uh, had a situation somebody went into labor. Well, yeah. you know, you got to, as I described it to people, you want to do something that doesn't make it worse. So if somebody's bleeding, okay, stop the bleeding. But if somebody is going to convulsions, you know, you can't put a tourniquet on a convulsion. You got to know what the proper thing to do until professional medical care gets there. Same thing with somebody going, going in labor. And those are all those situations to where, yeah, none of those did I have to use any of my self-defense skills, but I was able to use my skills on the first aid that I've learn through self-defense and through, uh, the boy scouts to be able to go along and apply them to not make things any worse. So it's, it's a really good thing to be able to do that. Uh, um, question for you, Gary, uh, if I sign up as an affiliate with CCW safe, do I, as the, uh, instructor get more, uh, out of it besides just getting a 10% commission off of everything? You have the ability to earn uh, a free membership. Uh, and that's, that's ongoing. Uh, there's a threshold. I think it's, uh, somewhere around 25. You, you earn the ability for another free membership that you could give to your, uh, to a family and give it to whoever you wanted to. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's several benefits to it. Uh, we provide brochures and the things you need. We create a, uh, a link for you. Uh, and then we, we have the ability to create what we call a vanity link, uh, Rob's training. We could, uh, we could create ccwsafe.com forward slash Rob's training. Anybody that accesses CCW safe via that link are attached to your account then. So, Hey, we got to get that link set up, Gary. In case everybody okay. starts using it after this podcast. Right. <laughs> it's easy enough. Takes me just about three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do have to say, um, Gary, you're the one that does all those certificate of insurance that I, uh, talked about before. And yeah. you do definitely make it a lot easy. You make it very easy to work with when it comes to whether you're doing the firearms trainer association or with uh, CCW safe and trying to get many links out there because all of us know, 
as instructors. We've got personas that are out there that are seen by the public and making something that's consistent with our brand, consistent with our marketing is truly uh, very valuable to us. And uh, appreciate that, that support there, Gary, for all the you stuff do. you've done with what I've asked you to do. You bet. That's, I think that's what uh, a lot of people maybe n don't understand about FTA. So we're not an insurance company. We have an, a self-owned captive insurance that provides the coverage. But as a member of the FTA, FTA is its members. It's an association. So by you being a member, you, you are, for lack of better terms, you're part of the family as one of your member benefits is this uh, liability coverage. Uh, so it's a pretty simple process. Once somebody's a member, they shoot me an email. Sometimes I have, I get a phone call saying, Hey, I need this right now. If I'm in front of a computer, it takes me four or five minutes to, uh, create the new COI. Uh, a lot of ranges. I'm sure you've ran into it, require range endorsements. They want to be specifically listed mm -hmm. on the certificate of insurance. So, I create create those. I I had one member the other day. I created sixteen COIs for him in one day. Some of these traveling guys, uh, traveling instructors, you know, they they have fifteen twenty certificates, which is one of the financial benefits of being a FTA member. Is we have unlimited COIs at no additional cost. Uh, some of the other traditional insurance companies have a uh, a handling fee or a per COI fee. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not quite up to uh, 16 uh, COIs, but I know I've uh, sent several requests into the you, Gary, and uh, you've mm -hmm. turned those around quickly. And the one thing I really like about uh, where the FTA has it set, set up is I don't wait for the mailman to put, bring it to my mailbox. I don't even wait for Google to deliver it to my email. You actually have it on the portal right there on the FTA and poof, it's there. I can download it. If for some reason I forget about it and I'm in another city, guess what? I can go right onto the portal, download it another time and, and print it off. And those, yes. are, those are those things where as an instructor and you're traveling, you want to minimize your hassles. You don't want to go along and tell somebody, you know, let me go along and get that. I'll mail it to you when I get home or something else like that or, or cause disruption in your class. So that's a, a, a nice benefit with how the FTA has it set up. Yeah, as soon as I get a request for COI, I generally those come in through uh, email, so I attach that to the responding email and upload it to your account. So and it's there uh, uh, until it expires. The uh, uh, when your membership renews, and then we can go in and update them that sort of thing. But again, this is we're not an insurance company. We're not out here trying to uh, sell everybody insurance. We want to benefit in the firearms instructors, whatever their discipline is, whatever their background is. We want to support them in making life a little bit easier. We know my son uh, is also a law enforcement officer, and he is now uh, doing firearms instruction on the side. Uh, so we understand the the struggles of being in a motel somewhere and realizing you don't have your COI uh, handy, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, class starts at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> and, and that range uh, director is demanding a COI before he's going to let you step foot on his range. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are uh, all things that are necessary in today's society because we've all seen the stories about somebody, you know, trips and all of a sudden, you know, they're suing for a million dollars. Right. And, uh, you know, those are things where you hope never happens, but at the same time, you do, you, you have coverage for yourself and also for your students because things do happen and you don't want to go along and tell them that, Hey, I'm not insured. So, you know, you're not going to, you know, be able to squeeze blood out of a turnip. And, and in addition to that, we, we do things to try to benefit, to, to protect the profession. Um, we, we have a newsletter system. We, we've just hired a new content manager here at CCWSA. And while I'm talking about that, let me real quick just explain for the listeners that may not understand. CCW Safe and FTA are separate entities. Uh, you don't have to have a CCW Safe membership to be involved with FTA. Larry Vickers is our brand ambassador with CCW Safe. He approached us sometime back about helping create an association that had an insurance component. Uh, the, the founders of FTA are Ken Hackathorn, Larry, Jeff Gonzalez, Scott Reedy from SIG Academy and Dave Spaulding from Handgun Competitors, all top tier firearms instructors. They are the founders of FTA. We provide, we being CCW safe, provide the logistical support until it is self-sustaining and those guys can take it over full time for themselves. Uh, just, just in case anybody was, uh, was curious about that. Um, but we have a newsletter, uh, through the, uh, through FTA that you can sign up. Some of it is open to the public. Some of it it requires a membership to access, but we have, uh, business development, uh, articles, uh, Kyle sweet, I, I believe was, was on your podcast recently. A couple, a couple uh, episodes ago. One of the most brilliant guys I've ever met. Uh, he, he's written several articles on, you know, the, how to structure your business. That's something you, the average guy like me, I, I was a cop for 32 years. I don't know anything about LLCs and S corps and, and any of that stuff. So you've got at least a basic guideline there to give you some input that is specific to the firearms instructor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you're dealing with firearms, you want to get somebody legally um, and and coverage wise that understands firearms because so many times you just go to the, the family lawyer, they may not, they might be really good in family law, but do they really understand the nuances when it comes to firearms and different things like that? Because there are nuances when it comes to it. Uh, and those are things where I defer to them because it's just way too complicated. Sometimes if you do it this way, you call it this, but if you do it the other way, all of a sudden you don't have to get a tax stamp or do different, different things like that. Oh yeah. It, it's, it, I think that's CCW safe. I believe that's one of the, the, the things that we have an upper hand on anybody in the industry. You've got, we're composed of guys who have long-term law enforcement experience, self-defense experience, 
all of our core group, including myself, have been involved in deadly force encounters. We know what it's like to be sued. We know what it's like to be under an investigation because even a totally legitimate shooting is going to require an investigation. Mm -hmm. uh, we understand that. On top of that, we have Kyle. Kyle's a former law enforcement officer, uh, worked his way through law school. He, uh, he, his main area of practice is medical malpractice. He deals with insurance all the time. On top of that, we're all gun guys. Uh, so we have a well-rounded knowledge base, uh, when it comes to helping firearms instructors in the case of FTA and helping the private carrier in the case of CCWC. Well, that's, that's really good information there, Gary, um, sharing with us and hopefully, uh, some of the trainers that are listening to this will uh, reach out to you to see about sure. getting set up uh, as an affiliate, maybe in a few uh, good vanity links that are out there. But if people wanted to go along and get a hold of you for uh, finding more information about CCW Safe, how do how do they get a hold of you? Uh, I'll give you my email address is Gary at CCWSafe.com. Pretty easy, G A R Y at CCWSafe.com. Uh, they can also call me if they'd like. My my direct line is 405-740-7952. I have enough telemarketers that have that number that it's not going to hurt to put that on in public. So <laughs> I get the IRS scam calls almost daily anymore. So Do you, do you get the tech support calls? Why I get the calls? tech support, IRS, I have a warrant. Do you need funding? Uh, you name it. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought one was funny. I got called by the U S marshals one time, yeah. quote unquote about it. And it's like, really? Well, tell me what, what office you're in and tell me what address they, they were unaware. I had a computer handy. And yeah. when they stumbled over those questions, uh, uh, you, you start figuring out like, yeah, a, no U.S. Marshal is going to call up and tell you to turn yourself in. They're going to knock at your door. Yeah. Uh, just hang up and, and move on. Absolutely. When I, when I have free time, which is rare anymore, <laughs> I, I like to keep them on the phone as long as I can and play <laughs> along. But uh, free time is a luxury. I, uh, I know what you mean, Gary. Um, well, that about wraps up this episode. I have a few requests for our loyal listeners. First, Visit our sponsor, Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their in instructor coverage. Being a responsible instructor means having coverage and remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to the podcast at. Also, go along, talk to other instructors. Let them know the value that you've received out of this podcast. We really want to get this podcast spread out there as far as we can because this information is valuable to everybody that gets in front of students to go along and make them as most knowledgeable as possible. Consider leaving us a review and rating on iTunes or Google Play. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and like us on Facebook. If you have any questions or input, feel free to email me directly at ftp at concealedcarry.com. And remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable.
Stay safe. Remember, take somebody else shooting. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.